We're in Yivamos Ches Amabeis 8b2 in the Art School Gemara. We have concluded our discussion of the last couple of Dapim, the last couple of pages, uh, discussing what was the original thought of the Gemara. The Gemara says that we need the, uh, the word of Aleha to teach us that in the case of Yibam, where one's brother passed away without any children, so then there's a mitzvah to uh, do Yibam with the sister-in-law. And we had the verse to tell us that if that sister-in-law is your relative in some other way, whether it's your daughter or one of the other 15 of the other 14 cases, uh, so then there's an exemption, there's there's a prohibition to do Yibam. You're not allowed to do Yibam in such a uh, scenario. And that's what the verse was teaching us. And the, for the entire time, the Gemara was trying to understand why would I think differently? And the Gemara, in the conclusion of the Gemara, it gave three different suggestions. The last suggestion, which was from from the last couple of recordings, is that really we don't need the verse to teach us about the erva herself, about the one that uh, the one that you're related to. That one, it's obvious. It is obvious because we say that a positive commandment does not override such a severe negative commandment. And the verse is really there to teach you about the co-wives, the co-wives and uh, the exemption of the co-wives. That's what we've discussed for the past couple of pages. We're now having a totally new discussion. A new discussion begins here on the bottom of Ches Amabiz, the bottom of AB. And this discussion is viewed as one of the more fundamental discussions in all of Yevamos when it comes to the mitzvah of Yibum and really the, the exemptions with regards to those that you are related to. We're going to quote here the opinion of Rebbe. Rebbe is going to argue, we've quoted him earlier this uh, in this week's uh, daf, but Rebbe is going to argue on the Rabbanan, on the other opinion that we quoted uh, on daf Gimel Amabez, on 3b, and he's going to have a totally different understanding of the exemption for the co-wife and the source for it, and for those that study Yevamos in depth, in, 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 in serious depth, so a lot of time is spent on the contrast between this opinion of Rebbe that we're about to discuss and the other opinion of the Rabbanan. But just to, to show the, the basic difference, the Rabbanan, they were of the opinion that we've been quoting until now the entire time, uh, that Aleha teaches us that there's an exemption of Yibam when your sister-in-law is also another relative, whether it's your daughter or your mother-in-law, uh, if your sister-in-law is related to you in some other way, so then there's an exemption from Yibam. That comes from the word of Aleha. Then the word Litzror, the word of Litzror teaches you uh, that it doesn't just apply to the one that you're related to, but also if your brother's married to two wives, it applies also to the co-wife. The co-wife also has an exemption. And that's all the opinion of, and also then Litzror also teaches you that your co-wife's co-wife which was a case that we discussed a while back. Now, that's all the opinion of the Rabbanan. The Gemara now is going to quote Rebbe, and Rebbe is going to have a totally different source for these ideas. A very different source. Now, it's unclear within Rebbe whether we even need a verse to teach us about the karov, about the relative. It could be that that's something which is obvious, that doesn't need a verse, as we as we had already in the opinion of Rava earlier in this week's recordings. Uh, so it's unclear within Rebbe. But with regards to 
the Tsara, with regards to the co-wife, Rebbe has a completely uh, different source. And because he has a completely different source, what the Gemara is going to do is going to, A, ask what is Rebbe's source. Uh, but even more than that, it's also going to ask, well, what does Rebbe do with the extra words of the Rabbanan? The other opinion said that from the extra word of Aleha and Litzwar, they all teach us about uh, the exemption of Yibam for the relative and for the co-wife. Well, what does Rebbe do with those words? And also, what do the Rabbanan, the Rab- wherever Rebbe's source, Rebbe has some sort of source to exempt the co-wife in such a scenario. So what, is the Rab- what do the Rabbanan, the first opinion, what do they do with the source of Rebbe? It, the Rebbe's source is going to come from an extra letter, an extra word. Uh, so what will the Rabbanan do with Rebbe's source? So they're, so they're going to ask it in both directions. What does Rebbe do with the Rabbanan's source? And what, is Rabbanan, what do the Rabbanan do with... Uh, Rebbe's source. Let's see the Gemara inside. The Gemara says, Gufa. We had this earlier. Rebbe Omer Rebbe says, Velakach ulakha v'yavma v'yavma lesor tsaros v'arayos. The Gemara says that this is another big difference between Rebbe and the Rabbanan. According to the first opinion, all the exemptions came from within the uh, discussion of arayos. It's within the, the Torah's discussion of uh, close relatives that you're that it's forbidden to uh, marry, and within that there's an extra word of aleha from Litzwar. It teaches us that included in the arayos, included in, in the family relationship, uh, those that that it's forbidden to marry, included within that is your sister-in-law in the context of even when it's already a uh, also a different relative, or for the co-wife. The co-wife is also uh, falls under. Uh, this general category that we call Arayos. Uh, that's the source for the first opinion, for the Rabbanan. For this new opinion, for Rebbe, the source is not within the context of Arayos, of uh, forbidden relationships, but it's within the context of Yibam itself. Within the context of Yibam, there is an extra word or an extra letter which tells us that Yibam applies, but it doesn't apply in certain scenarios. It doesn't apply sorry, that it says to take her. It doesn't have to add the extra hey to say to take her. The extra hey by yibam to perform the mitzvah of yibam with her. That's also unnecessary. It's obvious. So it's there. The extra hey is there to teach us that it doesn't always apply. It doesn't apply for the co-wife and it doesn't apply for the arayas, for when it's your, your sister-in-law is also related to you in some other way. So the Gemara asks, where, where do you see this within the verse? That has two questions. First of all, we don't see in this verse anything to do with the tzara, anything to do with the co-wife. How do we know that there's an exemption on the co-wife? And furthermore, what does Rebbe do with the first opinion? The first opinion brought a proof that there's an exemption for the co-wife from the word litzror. And so what does Rebbe do with the word litzror? And so the Gemara answers the second question first, and then it's going to answer the first question. So what does it do with the word Litzur? Litzur, Mopikli, Rebbe, look at Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe learns the word Litzur for something completely different, not for the exemption of the co-wife, because Rebbe has a different source for the exemption of the co-wife. But what, what does Litzur teach us? It teaches us like Rebbe Shimon. So the case is as follows. The case for, of Rebbe Shimon is explained by Rashi, and it's as follows. Essentially, let's say you have three brothers. You have three brothers. Two of the brothers marry 
two sisters. Two brothers marry two sisters, so that's that's definitely fine. And you have the third brother. But let's say both brothers uh, pass away without children at the same time. At a very similar time before Yibam Rechalitza is done with one. So basically you have, now for this third brother, you have the mitzvah of Yibam could be done. The mitzvah of Yibam Rechalitza is done for each of the sister in, uh, sister-in-laws. Uh, sisters-in-law. So you have you have one sister-in-law and another sister-in-law, and they are sisters to each other. They are sisters to each other because the two brothers married two sisters, so they are sisters to each other. So Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion from the word litzur that litzur means uh, co-wives, that they are uh, co-wives with each other. That before even Yibam is done, there's a concept that we might have mentioned in the past called zika. But there's already, even before Yibam is done, is that there's already a connection to the live brother-in-law, to the brother-in-law who's alive. There already is some sort of connection. So now you have two sisters, they're actual sisters, that are have this, what we call a zika, some sort of relationship with the live brother, brother-in-law. And as a result of that, so you cannot do Yibam or Chalitza, according to Rabbi Shimon. There's an exemption of Yibam or Chalitza, because... They all they are already related. There's just a complete exemption of the Zika because it's impossible to have a relationship with two sisters. You're not allowed to marry two sisters. So just like you're not allowed to marry two sisters, you also can't have this Zika type of relationship with these two sisters where you have two sisters that uh, are in this situation to either do Yibam or Chalitza with the brother-in-law. And the way, the way it came about was because they were married to two different brothers, which was completely permissible, but they both passed away without children around the same time. And now they have this relationship with the brother-in-law. Since it's impossible to have this type of relationship with the brother-in-law with two sisters, just like it's forbidden to marry two sisters, so then there's just a total exemption of Yibam and Chalitza according to Rabbi Shimon. And that's what the word Litzur is to teach us, that there's a, the Zika is so strong this relationship is so strong, even before Yibam is done, that there's already this automatic relationship with the brother-in-law, which is why you need Chalitza in general. Uh, but there's already this type of a relationship, and that it's such a close relationship that, it's, that we equate it to the laws of, to a certain degree, to the laws of marriage, that you can't be married to two sisters. So it's as if there's no Zika at all. We say that there's no Zika at all, and you don't have to do Yibam or Chalitza, in such a scenario. Okay, so that explains to us what the word Litzur is there for. Litzur is there to teach us about that case. So now we go back to Rebbe, Tzara, Hachik, Siv. We go back to the first question. What about uh, what about Tzara with the co-wife? In, in Rebbe's source, where is there an idea that, the, there's a, that mentions anything about the co-wife, that there's an exemption to the co-wife? So the Gemara says as follows. This is what Rebbe means. Hachikamr. Why does... The pasuk. Why does the verse add not just that he should take her, take, but he should take her? And it's obvious already that it's referring to her. So the gemara explains as follows. This is what it means. Kol hecha dikitrei lekuta. Di by nasev high. Vi by nasev high. Vilo sharia. Vilo tarvayu asirin. So the gemara says that the verse ulukacha teaches us that you could this in a scenario where you have. Uh, Two sisters-in-law that uh, are you have the option of doing yibum to either one of the two sisters-in-law. You don't have to do it to both. You could do you could do yibum with either one. So then, 
when there's an option to do yibam to either one, so then you could do it to one. That's what Lukacha is teaching you, that when you have the option of doing it to either one, so then you can do yibam to one, and that's the mitzvah of yibam. You don't have to do yibam to both, but you can just do yibam to one. But in a scenario where you cannot do yibam to both, the, the verse is telling us that when you cannot do yibam to both, so then you cannot do yibam to, then there's no mitzvah of doing yibam to any of them. You need to have the potential to do yibam to all of them. It's all or nothing. If you could do yibam to all of them, so then there's the mitzvah of yibam. And then you do yibam to, to one of them. And if the mitzvah of yibam doesn't apply to one of them, so then there's no mitzvah at all. It's all all or nothing. And that's what the that's what the verse of Ulukacha is telling you, that you could you have to have the potential to take all of them, meaning to marry all of them, to do the mitzvah of yibam to all of them. And if you don't have that option to do it to all of them, to any of them, uh, so then there is no mitzvah to, to to any of them. If you can't have that, you don't have that option to do the mitzvah to any of the sisters-in-law, so then there is no mitzvah at all to any of them. So what's the scenario where you don't have the mitzvah to all of them? That's the case where you have a relative. Your sister, One of the sisters-in-law is also uh, your relative some other way. Let's say it's your daughter. So then since there's no mitzvah even to one of them, so there's no mitzvah to any of them. So that's the source to exempt the co-wife. And then what do we do with the extra word, or the extra letter, to perform yibam with her? Why is that extra? So that's to teach you, that's to teach you the concept that we had earlier, that uh, this only the idea of a co-wife and the exemption of the co-wife only exists in the situation of yibam. That if... You have a situa- situation of Yibam where your brother passes away without children and it's your sister-in-law. So then if your sister-in-law, where there is no mitzvah of Yibam, has a co-wife, so then there's no mitzvah of Yibam also to the co-wife. But in a totally different scenario, where it's not the situation of Yibam. So let's say your daughter just marries marries somebody. So And your son-in-law, uh, your daughter's husband, is married also to somebody else. We don't say that you're forbidden to marry the, your, your daughter's co-wife. Uh, that doesn't. That's not true. It's only within the context of yibum, and that's what the extra word and letter of v'yimma teaches us. Okay, that is all the opinion of Rebbe. The Gemara discussed the opinion of Rebbe. We're going to come back to Rebbe in next week's recording. The Gemara now switches over for a few for uh, for a few lines to discuss the Rabbanan, to discuss the first opinion. What does the first opinion do with uh, the uh, with the Extra letters of Rebbe. Rebbe had extra letters of Lukacha, Biyibma, the extra hey, uh, to teach us that there's an exemption for the co-wife. Well, what is the first opinion? What do they do with Rebbe's source? What do they do with the extra letters hey? Because the, because the first opinion, the Rabbanon, they already had a different source to, for the exemption of the co-wife from Litzur. The Rabbanon, hi Lukacha, my delay. What do they do with the extra letter hey in the Lukacha? And he takes, that it says, and he takes her... So, we need it for uh, the statement of Rabbi Yossi Bar Chanina. Dam Rabbi Yossi Bar Chanina, Ulakacha, Melame Chemagarsha, Beget Umachzira. When it says, and he takes her uh, for Yibam, when they get married for Yibam, the extra hey teaches us really two ideas, two very important ideas. One is to tell us that after they get married, so that if they want to get divorced, how do you get divorced? You do not do Chalitza. Originally, if you wanted to get divorced before Yibam, you don't do the regular divorce, but you do a process called Chalitza, which we'll get to a lot later. But there's a different process called Chalitza. But once you get married, once you're actually married, so then it's viewed as a complete marriage, at least within the context 
of requiring a get, requiring a regular divorce document. If you wanted to uh, have this separation of this type of relationship, we do not do chalitza. We have an actual get. Once you're married, so then it's as if you're 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 married like any other marriage. As of now, at least with regards to the laws of requiring a get, that you need to require a regular divorce document, we do not do chalitza. That's rule number one. And rule number two is that once you get divorced, you're also allowed to marry, get married again. Uh, this brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, they're allowed to, allowed to get married again. And the idea is that we don't say that once you get divorced, so now it's viewed as your sister-in-law Outside the mitzvah of Yibam. When you marry, get married again, you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibam anymore. It's no longer the mitzvah of Yibam. You already fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibam by marrying her the first time. But if you got divorced, we don't say that... The point here is that we don't say that, oh, this is your sister-in-law. We view her as your each other as a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law relationship, which in general, there's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law. If it's outside the context of Yibam, there's a prohibition to marry the, to marry your sister-in-law. So we don't say that, oh, once you get divorced, you can no longer marry your sister-in-law because uh, this relationship is defined as a relationship of brother-in-law and sister-in-law. No. Once they get divorced, this relationship changes from being a relationship which is a prohibition of your sister-in-law to being your wife or now your ex-wife. This was your wife. Now it's your ex-wife. So you're allowed to, you're allowed to remarry an ex-wife. It's, it's permissible to marry your ex-wife. So the way we define this relationship is not a brother-in-law, sister-in-law, but it's of uh, husband and wife. And now which is uh, now they're, they're divorced. It's ex-husband and ex-wife. And so it would be permissible to, uh, to, to remarry even outside the context of the mitzvah of Yibam, which was already performed. That already happened. And then they got divorced. What is the extra letter of the hey of Yibam doing according to the first opinion? What does Yibam teach us? Al-Korcha. Vyibma, the extra hey, teaches us that the mitzvah of Yibam is effective without her knowledge. We don't need her knowledge involved in it. In general, in a marriage, it requires uh, the knowledge of and consent of, of, the, uh, of the husband and of the wife in a regular marriage. But over here, where it's, an ex- it's, it's really a, some sort of, uh, there's already Zika here, uh, there's really some sort of already uh, a relationship here. So then... Yibam works even without her knowledge. I mean, we pointed out earlier, and really without her, without her complete consent. We pointed out earlier that if uh, she has a valid reason why she wants to not have, uh, not go through Yibam, so then, uh, then we definitely uh, we definitely accept that, and we do not uh, we do not do Yibam, and Yibam is not allowed to be done. Uh, but in but when there there is no valid reason why she shouldn't uh, go through the yibam, so then we say that yibam does work against her will. By the letter of the law, the yibam would work against her will. Uh, now, perhaps we'll have a different class, not on the recordings, to discuss. Well, we didn't, we do not. That's by the letter of the law. Now, the the different uh, there were different uh, decrees enacted by the rabbis to say that. That we do not allow this to go uh, to have it go against her will, and perhaps this will be discussed in a different class. Not in, but we won't, we won't discuss this in uh, in the WhatsApp recordings. Okay, that concludes the daf, and we'll continue with this next week.